joy to welcome you as we gather as the people of God. We are so thankful that you are here with us today. And I just had my volume increase so I can really offer this welcome with great enthusiasm. Uh, we are thankful for the beginning of this new year. We are thankful for you and thankful to God's grace that is at work in our lives. If this is a first Sunday for you, we are particularly grateful that you have chosen to be with us. We have friendship pads. We use those to pass down the pew. They're simply ways of getting to know each other by name. And if you would like to get to know more information about Central Baptist Church, please just find a brochure or ask someone. We are glad to share our time together. So last year, my mother received from my brother an Alexa. Most of you are familiar, right? These little bricks that I think are listening devices in your home where you can offer these commands. You know, Alexa, what's the weather? What's playing at the movie theater in Lexington? And it'll have a conversation with you. Well, my brother was in town this weekend, and because of the fine work of Aaron Austin, you are now able to use Alexa to listen to our church services. So if you have an Alexa and you say, um, Alexa, enable Central Baptist Church, then you get set up. And then you can say, play the latest service from Central Baptist Church, and off it'll go. The whole service right there. So we tried this out as an experiment, and it worked. Did a great job, Aaron. Thank you. Except when my voice came on, my brother would always say, Alexa, stop. <laughs> Which, in part, makes me very grateful. You don't have an Alexa with you today at church. But also, revealing some of my mixed feelings about technology. That sometimes we, maybe artificially, feel like we have too much control over our environments and our circumstances. Well, you're invited today in worship to say to that inner clock of direction that we manage somewhat 24-7, stop. That God has something to say to you. That it is God who is in control of this world and its destiny, not ourselves. And that it's our duty to try to line up with those greater and holier and loving purposes that it may be through the songs, or through a prayer, or a litany, maybe even through something in the sermon. God has something to say to you. And so now may we open up our minds, our hearts, our lives to the goodness of God that is all around us and in this place. Welcome today to worship at Central Baptist Church.
As you are able, would you stand please for the call to worship? God of gold, we seek your glory, the richness that transforms dullness into vibrant light, your wonder and joy at the heart of all of life. God of incense, we offer our prayer, our spoken and unspeakable longings, our searching for the mystery of God of myrrh, we cry out to you in the, our sufferings, knowing that you chose to be born for us and to bear our pain. we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this year that has passed and the many blessings you have showered upon us. Thank you that you make all things new. The experiences of this past year, the good along with the difficult things, remind us how much we need you and rely on your presence each and every day. Lord, may we try to overcome our failings 
of the last year with a renewed spirit this year and establish a more inspired relationship with you. We ask that your wisdom and strength be constantly present with us. We confess our need of your presence and your guidance as we face the future. To you be the glory and the honor in this new year and forever. Amen. May you pass the peace. Greet your neighbors. Our Hebrew scripture this morning is from Isaiah 60, 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant, your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you, a multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense, and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord for the word of God that works its way into us. Let us pray. O God of endless time and endless love, we come this morning as the Magi did so long ago, standing in awe of the mystery before us, a Christ child born, and a new year full of possibility. It would be easy for us to pray that this year before us would be full of joy and delight, but our reality is that we still carry with us the fears and doubts, anxieties and uncertainties, grief and heartache that have plagued us in the past. Instead, we come together this morning to acknowledge your presence and to offer a prayer of possibility that through the hard times, and through the best of times, you will be there providing wisdom and guidance to meet, for us to meet the challenges and the celebrations that come our way. When we witness injustice in the world, when people are belittled or segregated to the margins, when families go hungry, when clean water is scarce, bring to us strength to lift our voices and to cry out for justice to be realized throughout the world. When the new challenges of this year come our way, new jobs, new babies, new opportunities, and transitions from past lives, 
or when death brings grief and living changes, bring to us courage to face these challenges and walk through them to the brighter days ahead. And when we feel alone, when we think that no one else cares, when the weight of problems becomes too hard to bear, when the burdens of the world are too much to carry, bring to us your presence. Give us comfort to persist in your work of redemption. O oh God, may your never-failing love be our guiding light throughout this new year. May we seek to be the presence of grace and compassion to all we meet and all we do. We pray this in the name of the Christ. Amen. Let's pray again, please. To God, perhaps the question is not what shall we bring, 
But the question may be, more importantly, do we have the hearts to give? We pray, God, that the gift of the Magi to us today is the willingness to give, to be vulnerable enough to see and to give. Because the opportunities exist in every corner, in every moment, in every place we are to share something with those around us that could matter to them. So I pray, God, that you will give us your spirit of giving this morning, not just with our tithes and our offerings, but with our thoughts, our prayers, the opportunities to speak, and sometimes the opportunity to be quiet. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Please be seated.
before the stars unleash their fires. Love spoke to the loneliness, unraveling these twinkling strands. Let there be Let there be light. 
As you are able, I invite you now to rise with me in the hearing of the gospel lesson today found in the second chapter of the gospel of Matthew. Listen to the word of the Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For he observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star that had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. For the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The opportunity of a new year arising gives us a chance to reset our lives, to fine-tune the reception on our spiritual antennas, to ask some questions, questions that are appropriate really for us at any time in our lives, but perhaps particularly helpful with the promise of a new year ahead. Questions like these. What are the means and techniques you employ to determine direction for your lives? Do you follow your heart? Do you trust your gut? Are you ruled by your emotions? Do you have a personal mission statement, whether formal or informal, that guides your values, your decisions, your course of action? Do you listen to your friends? Do you have a few trusted Friends that you can listen to to help bounce ideas around and and seek direction? Do you pray? 
and speak and seek spiritual guidance? Do you seek to listen to the voice of God speaking to you through the pages of Holy Scripture? Do you just merely react to the world around you? Whatever's happening, you're like a, a pinball bouncing around in a slotted machine. Whatever that force is, you just take off and find yourself scurrying, scrambling, frantically in life. Today, on this Epiphany Sunday, a day where we celebrate the manifestation of the divine appearing to Magi from the east, we are met with an incredible Bible story, especially for us who have been raised within the pages of the Bible itself and within its teachings. For here, with the visit of the Magi to the baby of Bethlehem, we discover a message about guidance from the Bible that is not limited by the Bible as the exclusive source for every truth. The Bible is not insecure. The Bible often points us to look around, to lift up our eyes, and to see the appearance of God in our midst. And here... Authority and direction for life is found outside of the Bible's holy pages. As we remember, elevate and honor these unlikely candidates to be witnesses. Ancient scholars, astrologers, Zoroastrian priests from Persia, from modern day Iran. Folks who have may have dabbled in horoscopes and fortune telling, they watch the stars, they listen to dreams. This is a Bible story that points to a God who is bigger than our tradition, our convention, our normal ways of thinking about all things. A God who is bigger than the Bible that reveals God. A God who is wider than a specific zip code, a God who is able to use different means and methods to direct our lives, a God capable to manage the heavens, but a God also small enough to even dwell within the subconscious and the personal life of dreams. There's no place. Where God cannot, cannot speak a message of truth and liberation for those intent to listen to it. Now, a few textual points that you might be benefited by looking again at your bulletin or looking in your own Bible to find. But a few things to point out as we think about this passage and what it may be saying to us. First, the third word, in the time, in the time of King Herod. That there is a certain ordering by which people date their calendars. That this is a time of the King Herod. But it is not the story of King Herod. That God is writing a different story. That God is working on a different timetable. That God is up to something different than the normal accounting of times by which the world is being ruled it is in this time of King Herod that we find this incredible, incredible story. 
Also, perhaps you pause there, fourth line from the bottom on your bulletin from the right. Did you notice? The Magi's entered into the house. This is messing up all my nativities. With the suspicion, most likely accurate, that we have conflated the story of the shepherds and the story of Jesus' birth at night and then the visit of the shepherds at the stable with the Magi from the east who come offering gifts to the young family. Perhaps the Holy Family stayed in Bethlehem for a while. Perhaps Jesus had grown up a little bit Indicating that when Herod orders the death of the babies, he says, from two years down below, there is a whole cottage industry waiting for someone with ingenuity to design some new nativity sets with Jesus as a toddler. I would like that picture. And then you may have noticed that three times in this short passage, we come up against this word, Homage. Homage there in the fourth line from the top. Homage there in the middle from Herod's words. Homage there at the very end when the Magi knelt down to pay Christ. Homage. Did you notice in the middle section the irony? Almost sadism of Herod. He said, Tell me when the star appeared and let me know where this baby is so I can go and pay him homage. We know that's not his intent. But he was baited into this perspective. The Magi come to him, the king, and say, we are coming here to your country to worship the king of the Jews who has been born. Someone as insecure as Herod was not going to let that get by him. (laughs) He wasn't just going to look over his shoulder. He was going to look under every rock to destroy any threat to his authority. And finally, this word homage in the Greek proskenio, where we have the word in our language prostrate. That when the Magi came before perhaps the toddler Jesus to offer their gifts, they merely didn't take a knee. But as in the form of ancient Persia, they lowered their forehead to the floor. They flattened out. They offered incredible, profound reverence. Such notes like these are important for us to peel back the layers of our tradition. To recognize that oftentimes what we worship is the convention of our faith and miss sometimes its deeper meaning. Jesus wasn't a white little boy. He likely didn't share our skin color, even though every depiction we've likely have seen has been of a Jesus with white skin. And these magi, we assume there were three of them, but we don't know. In fact, the word is even more universal. 
we don't even know if they were actually men, necessarily. I'm telling you, I'm messing up all your nativities. These folks that come to the young Jesus and place their foreheads on the ground in homage and worship and reverence to him. Makes me wonder, have I ever, ever, ever in my life honored something so profoundly? Have I ever given myself over so completely to anything or anyone? And who certainly is worthy of the depths of my homage? So we are being set up by Matthew with the king on one hand and the magi on the other, alternative approaches, two ways for us to intersect this wonderful story of human possibility and transformation presented in the prophetic fulfillment of Christ's birth upon the earth. First, we have Herod, the supposed king. I say supposed because we know Judea, over which he ruled, is actually a vassal of Rome. That Herod could do nothing that might threaten Roman control and ultimate rule. Yes, he could suppress his own people to ensure their servitude to himself and to their Roman masters. But he certainly didn't have the courage or the will or the respect or the power and likely the desire to do anything to liberate his own people from the Roman overlords. Herod was going along to get along, concerned only for himself and his power and his privilege. No point in upsetting the common order, especially if that common order was being used to insulate and protect yourself. Let the rest of the world be damned. His thin-skinned insecurity and paltry heart was capable of shocking acts of evil, as we can find out by continuing to read the rest of Matthew chapter 2. And these same tiresome strategies have been employed by evil despots throughout all the ages and in every continent and in every time. Suppress the truth, attack your attackers, find scapegoats to blame for all the problems, even ones you perhaps have also manufactured, keep the people afraid. And then when they get out of line, teach them a lesson. Cut them down. Stomp them out. These type of leaders may demand our obedience, but they never receive our true respect or our authentic homage. And history is never ever kind to them. But Matthew doesn't leave us hanging. Yes, there are terrible role models out there in the world who seem to have temporary power and influence in the age and the times in which we live. But God is writing a completely different story. One that we can find ourselves in as well as we live with this deeper story in the world. And this is where the magic of the Magi come in. 
Here are a few parts of their story that deeply inspires me. First, they were a team. We didn't know how many, but they worked together, not in isolation. They didn't see themselves as this sole exclusive conduit of God's will for the world. They were in dialogue with each other, with other ancient texts, with other conversations, in a search for deeper truth. They worked as a polarity, not merely as individuals. Later, in tradition, they will come to represent the three known corners of the earth, Asia, Europe, and Africa. In fact, some of you at home, if you haven't put it away, you can check, may have three wise men in your nativity set that represent that tradition. One wise man with a black face, another wise man with a brown face, a third wise man with a white face. David Keck, writing in the Christian century of November of last year, said that when Gene Roddenberry was casting the crew for the Enterprise on the debut pilot of Star Trek in 1966, he realized that he was also making a political statement to the American public that would view this revolutionary TV program. And so, on the bridge of the starship, he tried to depict officers from every different country of the earth. Later, Martin Luther King Jr. recognized the power of this. Nicole Knuckles, who played Lieutenant Uhura, was thinking of not returning after the first season and not picking up the second season. And Dr. King pointed out to her how important it was for America to see an African-American helping lead a starship into the future. Prophets can be found in many different places. It's a wonderful vision of hope, pulling the wisdom of so many different cultures and traditions together to attack our common problems rather than always attacking one another. I also like the way the Magi are open to truth and will seek it out and travel great distances no matter where that truth will take them. They're not trying to control others. They're not trying to protect their own power. They're willing to journey outside the boundaries of their comfort zones, a place where other kings are in authority. They will listen to the inner voice that is within them. They will listen to sacred wisdom. They will open the pages of what God has said to those wishing to follow God ahead. They will look around. They will be sensitive to the truth. They will trust that what the heavens are declaring and what the inner voice of conscience is teaching will have spiritual power, power to discern the presence of God, to challenge the corridors of power that's seated on earthly thrones, and to go into a humble house with a new family and a baby who has a promise to change the world. It's a story found among all great liberators in the Christian life. Those who would look through the different layers 
of tradition, conventionality, and begin to peel them apart and recognize the truth that, that transcends the common order. Voices that have been suppressed have found ways to declare God is present here. Early women feminists and former slaves and those perhaps leading a new revolution of how we understand ourselves as humans today are hearing voices that are true and true to our faith. That's what the richness of the Bible helps us see. That there is so much beyond what we have always interpreted. And there is a deep well of liberation and freedom and salvation for all of humanity that God is still seeking to accomplish in the presence of Christ. Origin, Church Father, 184 to 253 Common Error suggested that these gifts indicate an identity affirmation about Jesus. Given gold as to a king. Given incense as to a god. And given myrrh as to a mortal man. Revealing themselves, these astrologers, to be more than stargazers. They've read the stories. They've discussed with others. They've cultivated a deep and humble appreciation to finding God and being able to recognize God when God appears. I'm back to my question. Have I ever been inspired to bow down so low? Jesus will grow up to show us what a totally different type of king he truly is. A king who will accept your gifts and who you authentically are without concern if you fit the mold or totally bend in and blend in with the group. And if you've ever been far from home, if you've ever felt misunderstood and wrongly judged, if your pursuit for truth has led you into strange lands, hanging out with unusual people, if you have ever left the march of the crowd and desire to stand up for something greater than earthly power, position, and privilege, and have used your gifts and your talents and your treasures and your skills to help the needy, champion the forlorn, to bow down with humility and surrender, surrender your treasure for holy purposes, then you have entered into the hope of the world and the truth of the gospel. A new year lies ahead. How will you be led? And to whom will you listen? Now we sing this incredible traditional song of faith. We three kings of Orient are. You are welcome to adapt it and sing it as you are free. If you need to change a few words here and there, nobody's going to notice.
But certainly, we recognize that in this affirmation of the royalty of Jesus, we too have been brought into the royal family. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what you look like, no matter your age, your race, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation, you are royalty. That's what the love of Christ has done. Let's stand and celebrate that and sing.
think you may be seated just for a moment. Bill, come stand here by my side. It's my delight to introduce to you Bill Walton, who comes together. Oh, <laughs> for NBA fans, the Bill Walton. You know, it's what happens in retirement. But, uh, but, but Bill comes together uh, before us today to uh, announce his desire to be a member of this church, moving his letter from Royal Oak Baptist Church in Owsley County, Kentucky. And so uh, that's not too far away geographically, but it may be a world away in every other uh, imaginations. But if you are delighted by Bill's decision to be a member of this church, would you say with me, praise the Lord. Bill, that's the people of God welcoming this Bill Walton, the one that God has made for us, and saying we are so happy that you've made this decision for us today and before us, pledging to be your church family, pledging to walk with you on the path of faith. God bless you, and we are so glad to use this day as a special day in our relationship together. Go ahead and be seated here, but then after the announcements and benedictions, come back to stand pretty close to where you were, maybe more in the middle. And then all of you come back and, and down here to welcome Bill in a more uh, informal way. Bill, thank you for that. Um, in the life of our church, I have just a few things to offer for you. Uh, first, uh, this Wednesday, we'll have a discussion about Wednesday night meals and activities. And we have announced that before, but this is a time for us to think forward and think about what's going on. So please be a part of that. That is a BYO. F, whatever the word is, bring your own food uh, as a part of that. So we'll meet at the 6 o'clock in the meeting room, which is down past the restrooms, and we hope you can be a part of that discussion. We want you there. Um, also, you'll notice that this uh, Thursday, Baby Boomers will meet here at the church to hear from Gerard and Jane Howe uh, about their trip um, in the summer of 2017 to Scandinavia and Stockholm and Sweden. And St. Petersburg and Russia and Belgium and Melray, Norway. And y'all going to have enough time to do this? She's looking at me like, well, pack a lunch for this event too. Uh, but that's going to be a great time, 1130, and uh, join together to hear about their wonderful trip. If you want to get a preview of that, just talk to Gerard and Jane, who are uh, right here. Uh, also, if you do not have plans for lunch... Um, the Flockers, a group from our, mostly from our church, who have been raising money for cancer research and uh, to eradicate the, the purge of, of cancer among us, is having a fundraiser at um, Sal Saritas. Is that how you say it? Sal Saritas. Thank you. In Regency Center, and that's taking place for lunch today right after this service. So if you don't have lunch plans, head down Nicholsville Road, take a left into Regency Center and join them for that uh, time. Uh, finally, uh, yesterday and this uh, month really has been a very sad time for the congregation of Central Baptist Church. Um, we have had uh, folks gathered in this room for the memorial service and celebration of life of Alan Wallace, uh, brother to Jamie and an important part of our congregation's life. And uh, we have been deeply saddened by uh, his death and uh, just remember all of those concerns. And it's also brought a few folks uh, to us. Ken Bailey is here, uh, who traveled from Oklahoma and um, uh, came to be a part of this family. Uh, Ken, a significant minister in this congregation who is still ministering to the people here. So Ken, welcome. And if you haven't had a chance to say hello to Ken, do so before uh, you get out the door. He's really a fine guy to meet too. Um, 
went to Oklahoma and became a Presbyterian. I don't know what we did to him, but um, that was partly a family thing, but we miss him and love him dearly. You bow now for the benediction. O God, who has been our resting place, now be our great champion. Lead us to be true to ourselves, to have the courage to bow down in service, and to recognize the image of Christ in the world. The miracle of Christmas has visited us. Now help us be the voice, the hands, and the feet for doing your excellent will. Amen.